Blog Talk Radio. Hello? I would like to speak to Bonquisha. Yes, this is Otis. Well, tell her she is going to hear me one way or the other. Either she steps outside or either she's going to hear me through the door. You know, Bonquisha, ever since you and I stopped seeing each other, I ain't been doing nothing but thinking, thinking, thinking. I ain't been able to sleep. I ain't been able to do nothing that required you being in it. Baby, I know that we've had rough times before, but we got through it. Like the time all the power went off in the house, and we had to finish cooking the collard greens on the half heater, but we did it together. All the time that the froster didn't work on the microwave, and the turkey was still frozen, remember, we had to get chicken down from Larry's Long Neck Ledwater Late Night Chicken House. Remember? But now I don't have you, and that's why I'm having these Christmas blues. Yes, Christmas blues. Sometimes I wonder, was it worth it? Waking up early in the morning to go to the little champ to get you three pickle eggs, some Lay's plain potato chips, and a Coca-Cola. I said, self, was it worth it? And myself answered back, yes, it was real worth it. I miss you, and I love you so much. I'll do anything to make you mine again. I'm also lonely, so, so sad and blue. I'm spending Christmas Day without you. I'm very, very sad and lonely. But anyway, let me tell you something. I do have you and the kids a present this year. I had y'all a present last year, but, you know, my alternator broke in my truck. And, you know, I need my truck for the, um, for the go to work. And so I had to take the receipt, take all the presents back, and fix my alternator. But I do got you a present this year. I didn't have time to wrap it up. I got on some brown pick and save bag. Also, I got some wine. I got some cold duck, baby. You need to open the door. He quacking. I remember one Christmas, maybe three Christmases ago, we ran out of ham, and you said you wanted another ham. But you really didn't say you wanted another ham. I just figured that's what you wanted. So they had a a 12 dozen crab special, so I got you a dozen of big blue crabs. I mean, I'm just saying, I just hope this Christmas is a little different. You know, I just want a little turkey, a little that sweet, sweet plum dressing. Um, you know, I just want the kids to be happy. And, you know, Bonquisa, I know when we got married, I vowed to give you diamonds and pearls. But when I hurt my back at work, my workman's comp could only get zirconia and gander necklaces. I also said that when we moved out of your mama's house, we were going to move into a place double her size. That's why I got two trailers and put them together. Yes, baby, double wide. All those things I done for you and the kids. But I still have these Christmas blues because I'm spending Christmas out the kids and you. I love you, Bonquisha. I love you. But you know what? One thing I want to tell you this year about Christmas. Last year, when you served up all the turkey and, every, and you know all the all of the trimmings and everything, when the cranberry dressing got round to me, there was none left. So please, could you? I, well, I hope you have two cans of cranberry dressing in there because I love that cranberry sauce. Please, thank you, and please open the door, baby. It's cold. And welcome to another edition of the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, uh, WCOM and Carborough and uh, Chapel Hill. And happy holidays to wherever you are uh, right now. As L.A. Bachelor, we thank you for joining us. And uh, folks are uh, listening um, by phone and, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube, uh, and on StreamYard. We thank you all for checking in. 646 646- Nine two nine zero one three zero. The number to get in touch with us. Press one to get on the line. 
want to go right to my guest. He is the head men's basketball coach at Norfolk State University, coming off a nice win over uh, the Pirates of Hampton uh, University. He is Robert Jones. And Coach Jones, always a pleasure to have you on, man. I hope all has been well. For I've been watching and following you on Instagram and, and the, the challenges of your you and your squad. Um, but I hope all is well right now. Yeah, everything is, is so far so good right this minute. Uh, we Hopefully it can stay that way, but right now everything is all good. Good, good, good. Coach, I, I, I was talking to someone um, the night you were playing. Uh, I was on a, a conference. We were kind of watching it back and forth, and, and uh, you know, some of us, some folks were saying, you know, like in – you know, Hampton moving on to a different conference and Norfolk State is still Norfolk State and Robert Jones is still Coach Jones and uh, you guys get a really uh, good victory. Talk about this game. I mean, it was uh, nip and tuck in the first half. You guys kind of pulled away in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to be a little, you know, tight at the beginning of the game. Um, you know, just trying to get some of those early emotions out in a rivalry game, as many people know. You know, there's always some kind of emotion. Sometimes it's bad, uh, you know, if you if you get too tight and you get down too early. But uh, we were able to, to be the ones leading after that first media, so that was a good thing. But, um, you know, really it was just for us trying to find our way because, um, you know, we were down a few a few of our key players. So uh, um, just trying to find, you know, for me also, just trying to find our way through a rotation because it was like a last-minute scratch that happened. So, um, you know, just trying to figure out, what, you know, figure out what was going on early. Talk about the, the play of Devontae Carter. I mean, uh, you know, uh, 34 minutes, 29 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. You always got bigs and he's a guard. Uh, uh, talk about his play uh, in this game and, and this season so far. Let me, uh, uh, um, I think I was, I mean, his play is, is been, tre- you know, tremendous, obviously. You know, without us being um, with us being down, Joe Bryant, uh, our pre- um, second team, you know, all all MEAC player, uh, it's been really a challenge to you know to right. manufacture points, and and Devonte Carter has been the guy to help bridge that gap a little bit until Joe gets back. Um, so you know, he's played tremendous as a senior. Uh, this is what you know. This is what we we envisioned for him. And uh, he's really living up to expectations. You know, I think even uh, he might be exceeding some expectations because I think that, you know, getting getting him out of junior college, he didn't really average that many points at junior college, but it was just kind of a, a really a leap on faith that, you know, we've seen a better player than that when he played school. So we just, we just kind of thought that the junior college thing was just a blip on the radar, that just things just didn't work out. And, um, you know, kudos to my assistant coaches for convincing me to take him at the, uh, you know, really a subpar Juco career, playing like the Devontae Carter that um, I think a lot of people in the area uh, knew coming out of high school. Talk with Robert Jones, of course, the men's basketball coach in Norfolk State here on the Bastion News Radio Show on the Bastion News Radio Network and WCOM. Coach, what – I mean, this is your rival, so you guys know each other. You, you you play each other, so you know each other. You know what they like to do. They know what you like to do. What was the difference in the second half in this game? Uh, honestly, we just kind of, um, you know, like, well, two things. 
the first thing was that they played George Washington the game before that, and they was you know they were able to beat uh, Atlantic Ten team, which was a, a good win for them. And but George right. Washington mostly played zone. I mean, they really played zone the whole game, honestly. So all we really had was a lot of their zone sets, you know, that they were trying to run. So being that we kind of played, we played man to man. We were able to pick up on their man to man sets in the first half, and they they really didn't run that many. So by the time the second half came, we were very familiar with them, and we changed a little bit of our uh, pick and roll coverage. So between a combination of those two things, we were able to kind of get the lead late, you know, around like the eight-minute mark. I think we got the lead for good and, and kind of extended it from there. Well, certainly it's a a, a nice win uh, for you guys. Like you said, it's always good to, to get a, a win against a, a, a rival school, you know, when you – you you look at the 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 season so far, um, the challenges and like I said, I've been following the stories uh, that you've been posting, and and guys really anxious to get at it. What was your first thought um, when you were told that yes, in the midst of this COVID nineteen, you guys are going to play a season. I mean, to be honest with you, I always kind of thought we were going to play a season. I mean, I, you know, besides the actual sport aspect of it, I also understand the financial and economic aspect of it with when it comes to the NCAA and NCAA tournament. So uh, even when they were canceling football, um, you know, anybody around me, I, I, I always told them that we were going to play men's basketball at the very least because the men's basketball tournament means so much to the NCAA and to, you know, uh, all the partner schools. It means so much. And I, I, just, I just think that they couldn't go two years in a row without – playing a men's basketball tournament. So I always kind of knew that we were going to play or felt in my heart that we were going to play. You know, the date was always in question, you know, whether we were going to start early or start later or things like that. But I kind of always told our guys, we're going to play at some point. Um, and then once the dates start coming out, you know, the, the, the finality, the finality of it, then we was able to start preparing and start to get ready um, to play a season. You know, it's, it has been challenging because we didn't have the summer and we didn't have a normal preseason that we would normally have, you know. So, uh, you know, normally you get 30 practices before your first game. We just finished practice 31 today, honestly. And we're already four wow. games into the season. And, and that's without, um, you know, any kind of summer. And then an abbreviated preseason where, you know, we had quarantines and and things like that. So um, we've only practiced four times with, with my whole team, you know, Due to whether it's due to a quarantine, due to injury, due to whatever it might be, so we might be on practice 31 today, but we actually only have four full practice of uh, 14 guys. Like the last few practices, we've had 10, uh, 11 guys. Sometimes we have, you know, we've had eight guys, we've had nine guys. So um, honestly, to be sitting at three and one right now <clears throat> against some pretty good opponents is, um, you know, really. And, and the coaches about, yeah. you know, once we do get everybody back together, we can really be a good team, I think. Yeah, we kind of faded in and out of uh, that just to let you know. And uh, I just have to it, – it, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, they can't go two years without that. That's real talk. I mean, there's the finances part of this. I mean, people have to be reality. Uh, sometimes you get talking points from other places and coaches and schools or whatever – but that's the reality of it. And I was literally about to go to the scope when they canceled. So wow. just kind of describe how you guys were. The tournament was going on. They canceled it. 
up until now, like the, the trials and tribulations, um, the, you know, keeping, I don't know how many seniors you had that didn't get to play. I mean, there, it had to be a lot of different um, dynamics and angles and, and uh, uh, parts to this thing. Oh, without question. I mean, um, you know, with the, with the previous uh, question, I'm not quite sure where I go in and out of that, but for this question, um, you know, we did have some seniors that, you know, that, uh, what we have, we have Stephen Willie, Jermaine Bishop, who made first team all-conference, all Stephen Willie, who made third team all-conference. We had um, a couple other guys, too. So those guys were, were looking forward to play the, in the MEAC tournament and potentially playing in the NCAA tournament or, or any kind of other postseason. And um, they couldn't, you know. And, and like you said, we found out hours before our first game, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize, is that we never played in the MEAC tournament. And we were the hottest team going into that tournament, yeah, and yeah. we had the highest net, yeah, we had the highest net, uh, you know, ranking of any team in the conference. So, like, right. even though we weren't the number one seed, you could kind of say we were almost the favorite, really, for that tournament. And for us to not even step on the floor was just, you know, totally disappointing uh, for everybody. And like, you know, it, it was a morgue, like, you know, uh, in that, in the, well, not more like a funeral in that locker room, man. I mean, guys are crying and shedding tears and things like that. So um, it was definitely tough. And then to those guys, uh, Bishop and Whitley, you know, I know this year they granted the uh, COVID-19 exception for everybody with the eligibility to come back, you know, next year or have another year if you if you choose so. But um, those are the guys that probably really wanted it, you know, and, and I know they're probably upset that these guys get it now because, um, you know, those guys put in a lot of work to get to the point that, that, that they were adding their careers. Yeah, that's that's uh, and it's really unfortunate. It's it's totally. I mean, that's got to be gut wrenching for them and for you to have to say, "Listen, guy, I mean, it's nothing I can do." And 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 you know, it their their college careers um, end. Um, you know, the other part of this is, are, are you guys in sort of a bubble when you're there? How how is it working on campus uh, with practices and 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 guys, you know, being ready? Uh, to practice and, and play and, and travel some games? Well, I mean, we're not really in like a, you know, in a, in a bubble, you know, I mean, we don't have the resources to that for that. And I don't think a lot of schools across the country have a resource for a bubble, but I will say with uh, right now, you know, classes ended November 23rd for us, I believe it was. And we don't go back to right. class. till January 27th. So that this is like the biggest break ever, you know, for a college student. So right now, for these two months, we're kind of like in a isolated bubble type setting, and, and you know, in quotes, because all we all we are, you know, we're just around each other the whole time, you know, it's, and there's no other students there, and it's really not a lot of faculty on campus either. So it's, it's really just like the men's and women's basketball teams, because no other sport is playing either. So it's like, um, mm. you know, we're currently playing. So it's like really, um, you know, like a a bubble in quotes right now because of the limited amount of people that you're around. And then we, of course, we do the testing. We we test three times a week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, sometimes we do like you know if we have to do another day, you know, due to a conference protocol for so a non-conference. Like when we played J- James Madison, uh, the first week we we tested five times that week because we had to test three times in a seven-day period, and then we tested right when we got to James Madison. And so before we played the game, we had to test and things like that. So I mean, it's just it's a lot of different protocols, man, in place that. Um, it's, it's like it's becoming the norm, you know. Really, at first it was like, wow, another test, another test, another test. But now you got to do what you got to do, and hopefully, um, you know, the COVID bug bug doesn't doesn't bite you. And if it does bite you, I mean, 
it's, it's going to bite just about everybody. So, you know, you just, just right. go through it, go through, go through the, you know, the quarantine or the isolation or whatever you might have, and then just, you know, get back to playing, really. You know, if you're just joining us, we'll talk with Robert Jones, of course, of Norfolk State here on the Bastion News Radio Show. Um, Coach, you, you talked about being 3-1. and Really some very impressive wins, and, and I will even say, you know, you're in the game in old ODU. Um, what's been the key uh, in this short period of time, especially with – and I know, like you said, everybody's going through the same thing. So, you know, you don't know if a game's canceled or somebody gets sick or whatever, God forbid. But what's been sort of the key early uh, for your, your the continuity of this team? Well, it's been good that we've, that we've had, uh, you know, we got 10 guys returning. Uh, even though some of our main guys have graduated, there is still 10 guys who return. So there is a little continuity as far as just chemistry-wise. Now, right. uh, the players that we added, um, you know, we added some, um, some transfers, which have some experience. So that helped, too, I think, with the transition. Um, and then, you know, we added, I think, uh, you know, just were four guys. So we were able to integrate them with the other, with the other 10 pretty quickly. Um, there's, there's still a lot of stuff that we have to still go over as far as scheme-wise and exit and O's. But um, the one thing that's, that's, that's helped us is that that, that chemistry has, has been there. And, um, you know, the guys are really pulling for each other and things like that. And, and I think everybody's trying to do the right thing because everybody wants to wants to play. You know, I think that a lot of times people kind of, they see the pandemic and we understand it's a health issue and, a, you know, and it's a very, you know, unsafe times. But at the same time, you know, for these student athletes, with, with them not having really a social life in college right now, with them having, right. you know, limited contact to people, you know, even their family, um, basketball is a way out for them right now because every day they could count on practice happening, you know, at the very least. So they, at the very least they're around 20 people every day that they could, you know, consider a family. So that helps with their mental, you know, with their mental health, you know, because, I mean, some of these kids, you know, they've been playing basketball since six years old, you know, and right. this is what they, what, what they know. And um, like I said, a lot of people look at the, un- the, the unsafe uh, nature of, of the whole pandemic. It is, it is unsafe nature. But we, 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 sometimes we kind of miss the, the mental health aspect of these kids, of being able to have an outlet to, to play sports when, they're, when they especially are not – this is not the average uh, college year right now that they're experiencing that by any means. It's so true. Even, uh, you know, uh, my kids uh, learning from home. I mean, it, it, that social connection – it's been a, it's been stressful on all of us. I mean to be to be honest about it. But you you hear the stories, coach, about uh, even at the the highest level uh, in the NFL, everybody guys are getting infected. They're not socially distancing, not wearing their masks, not really taking it seriously. Have you stressed anything more to your team? Not just because of you know the the virus and we don't know enough about it, and they could it could be deadly as we know. Um, but also being responsible and being accountable for your teammate. Because if you, if that star player, or even one of your, your the twelfth guy on your team can't play because of virus, it it just throws everything off. And and that's not being a team player, in my opinion. Have you said anything different or, or extra to, to to make sure they understand that? No, pretty much the same sentiment that you had. Just kind of reiterate that if you guys want to play, you got to do the right thing. And granted, 
even sometimes when you're doing the right thing, you can still get COVID. You know, I mean, you can touch right. your doorknob by accident and touch your nose and not even think about it because uh, you, you're so used to scratching your nose or, you know, whatever it might be. So it's, it's really no one's fault if if, you, if your team gets quarantined or if, if somebody gets COVID on your team. You know, it's nobody's fault or anything like that. But you do try to just stress about being as safe as possible to avoid, uh, you know, those kind of hiccups. Yeah. Um, this next game you have coming up uh, is, I think, is a, a, a really good one. Uh, UNCG always has a, a, a pretty good program. And, and mind you, you've gone to James Madison and Rafford, you know, tough places to play. You beat uh, your uh, the team you always have to play, it seems, is at, at Hampton, your rival. And now you go on the road. What do you know about this UNCG team, this Spartans team? Uh, right now, I think they're like ranked uh, maybe 23rd or 24th in the, in the mid-major poll. Um, although they're one and two, you know, I think that uh, the, you know the mid-major poll gave them a lot of respect because of what they, you know, what they do have um, right now. So um, it's going to be a tough game. You know, I mean, this is a team that's that's been at the top of the SoCon, you know, battling for those first and second, third spots for you know a couple years now recently, and um, they have a winning pedigree. Um, I mean, it's similar to us. We have a winning pedigree, so uh, they're projected they're projected to be an NCAA tournament. So um, you know, we want to play this game. I mean, this is a game that came late. Uh, you know, and I got to tell the guys that we didn't have to play this game. I mean, you know, we had a game that was uh, that was uh, canceled with the non Division One that we that we that we had Regent University. It was a canceled due to COVID, um, a COVID positive test or something like that. And um, this is a game that just came up that just said, uh, you know, like, you know, would you guys want to play? And I, honestly, I, I jumped at the chance, you know, and some people might think I'm crazy because it's like, you know, why would you jump at a chance to play like a top team in, in this in this environment because you don't have to play them, you know? But what I say is, is that if we want to be an NCAA tournament team, if we want to get to that level and they're projected to be an NCAA tournament team, then we need to see what that looks like, you know, and see where we, where right. we match up at. You know, maybe we're – Maybe we're right there. Maybe we're, you know, better than what we thought. Maybe we're worse than what we thought. So, but we need to play that game just to kind of get a gauge of what it looks like. So um, we, we signed the contract and, you know, we're playing. And, and that's pretty much pretty much it with that game. Yeah, shoot, I mean, you, you strength the schedule and, and the conference on your, your resume. You guys win. Like you said, the SOCON is a win-win. But, again, in the, in the midst of all this, um, COVID nineteen to to get a game and you know all these different um, sort sort of a moving moving chairs. It, it's just amazing that um, how you keep it together. But of course you you know you you're so so good. Your resume speaks for itself. So what are the keys to going on the road in Greensboro and getting a victory against UNCG? Well, I mean, we, we one we have to you know be solid within us first. And I say that, and there's no, you know, there's no disrespect to any team, not not Greensboro, but I think that if we're if we're solid in what we do, you know, we're a tough out for anybody. So we have to make sure that you know we we're playing the correct defense, which we're playing pretty good defense right now. You know, we're like top one, one of the top teams in the country defensively, and just keep working on our offense. I mean, because offensively, with new guys and with lack of practice, there's still a gelling period that's happening you know, over and, you know, every day, you know, with, with, with offense. So, um, 
if we can just keep playing defense, use the defense to manufacture some offense, and then, you know, execute what we have to execute, I think we, we, we set a good chance. And then for them, you know, uh, as the opponent, you know, we have to slow down uh, Isaiah Miller. You know, he's, I think he's preseason SOCOM player of the year. Uh, right now he's averaging like 21.7 points a game. He's a dynamic point guard. So um, he's the head of the snake, you know, and we have to calm him down. You know, I mean, there's no way we're going to be able to win that game if he has 20, 22 uh, points, you know, uh, for Greensboro. So, um, you know, he's uh, he's public enemy number one on the scout. And, uh, you know, we, we're still figuring out everybody else because, like I said, this game came out came up late. So, um, you know, every day, including tonight, you know, myself and my coaches were watching film and we're talking about it to try to get ready for a good scout against Greensboro. Well, it should be a, a great game. I know you'll have the guys uh, ready to play. Coach, uh, uh, best of luck, and uh, you continue to, to, to do well and be safe, you and your family, and your family, which is your team and your, your staff, and we will continue to, to watch you and have you on some more. But thank you for coming on this evening. Uh, I appreciate you, man. All right, take care. Robert Jones, of course, he is the uh, head basketball coach, men's basketball coach at Norfolk State University. Big win over Hampton, 3-1 so far on the year. And they're getting ready for UNCG on the road um, on um, Sunday. So it'll be a a Sunday game. It should be interesting. uh, And and I know that, um, well, we know HBCUs, we know who we're rooting for. And certainly Coach Jones is one of our favorites, uh, and and the um the program as well. Six four six nine two nine zero one three zero the number to get in touch with us. Questions, comments, chat rooms open, StreamYard, Facebook, Pad Nation, Pad Nation Two, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of that is the Bassy News Radio Show on the Bassy News Radio Network.
Welcome back to the show. Coming up a little later, we'll talk with uh, Trevin uh, A. Jones, the sports director of UrbanMediaToday.com and co-owner of uh, producer for Urban Media Today. He'll join us, talk some HBCU sports and hoop news. Uh, Nick Anassis will join us. He's a, a play-by-play voice for UMass Lowell Basketball and, of course, of Anassis Media. We're going to get into the NFL uh, up and down preview, recap, and do all of that. Don't forget, if you miss any part of our broadcast, you can go to our website, uh, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com, Bachelor with a T, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com. A rebroadcast is there on the Bachelor News Radio Show page. We got other shows there for you to enjoy as well. Check us out, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com.
Welcome back to the show. I'm going to go to Joe Hoover. Uh, Joe Hoover is a best-selling author and uh, uh, certainly uh, does a, a phenomenal job. His My Hero series, and we'll talk about that. But uh, who I wanted to touch base with you and ask you, in this COVID-19, there's two things going on. We'll start with the education side. As you're a professor, you're an author uh, of those series. You talk about um, not only bullying and mentoring, but education. I mean, being able to spell, being able to write a check i mean even if you don't write checks to learn how to to write signature things of that nature the basic things you know kids don't even know their home keys remember when we were kids we had the type mm-hmm. we knew the home key and all that but right now mm-hmm. in this this COVID 19 and we're short on time so i want you to really get into it what are the pluses and minuses on online schooling and in the beginning my kids were like you know what yeah this is cool we get to do it but now they're getting bored and they want to be around their friends so socially is different but from an education learning standpoint, especially with black and brown uh, kids who are uh, not only uh, disadvantaged in some cases in neighborhoods, the books and all of those things. What's the pluses and minuses of learning online? Well, I'm going to go with more of the, well, there ain't that many pluses to me. Uh, um, I think there's more of the pluses that there's something happening as opposed to just being shut down and there's nothing happening at all. So at least there's something tangible that's being used. You know what I mean? Um, Can it work? Yeah, I mean, it can. But I, but like you just mentioned, that social, uh, if it, the, the social part of it is part of the the the, the, uh, the dynamic of being able to know how to get along with, with your teammates. Uh, um, uh, I call them teammates, with classmates, uh, knowing how to function, as opposed to everything being robotic, pressing a button, and and that's the one thing I fear. LA is that with my with my book, I have a curriculum, and my curriculum is a full charge curriculum where there's a lot of writing involved. And that's by design because, you know, studies show that your memory is enhanced by writing things down. Also, you use a certain part of the brain when you're writing as opposed to just touching a button. A button. You use a certain part of the brain when you're reading as opposed to just things being something you digitally. And I think that's the where, that's where that's, we're going to have a problem. Uh, again, the plus is that we're doing something, you know, so it's better nothing, but... Uh, the the minuses are a lot. It's it's a, and like you said, the, the, your your young men are getting bored. Um, it, it's a lot. And, and then what happens is the kids are so inundated with these video games. You know, everything's digitized. You know what I mean? So they could be playing Fortnite for four or five hours. Now all of a sudden you're slowing the pace. Now you're trying to tell them to teach. Now you're trying to tell them to learn that way. It's a lot. 
So, so they have to reprogram themselves on even how to learn, as opposed to being away from the computer. You know, instead of being away from the computer and being instructed by a teacher or some sort in the front, in front of them, where she's able to, she or she is able to do things live, you know, and in person, so to speak, and sort of uh, have the um, option of learning things on the fly as well. Doing things on the fly, you really can't do things too much like that when. You're online. You have to, you know, you have to kind of robot yourself a little bit as well. So, but again, pluses is that they're doing something. Minuses, oh, a lot. And what I fear is that our children won't get the benefit of really being promoted in a proper manner, meaning earning the promotion. Because right now, you really can't fail a kid. I mean, you can't. I mean, how can you? You know, I mean, how do you fail a kid that? That uh, parents may be suffering from COVID, and you know what I mean. They, and, them, themselves might have it. And who? That's that's a really a great point because uh, if you have a marginal kid, a kid that's been struggling, um, it, it, it's probably not doing a great service for that child if you pass them because of the situation, the climate we are in, and even before mm-hmm. this, speak to because I think we had this conversation before about uh, using. You know, I, I'm, I have a real issue with kids using calculators for math. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and not mm-hmm. counting, not writing things out. Like you said, I tell my kids all the time, write it mm-hmm. down, take notes. I, they can go into my studio, my, my, my office, and see nothing but notes. And I try to tell them, not only mm-hmm. take good notes, but make sure you have organized notes. So when you come back to mm-hmm. it, you know what it is. You put your name, date, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and some, mm-hmm. I, I see some of the kids that don't do that, but I get I have a real issue when they use sort of these electronic things or things mm-hmm. that take away from counting and reading and all of these things, mm-hmm. audio and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give you an analogy because I, I know you'll, you'll catch it. Well, I'm going to give you a saying. I'm going to give you an analogy. You know that, that was saying if you don't use it, you lose it, right? So we, so we understand that part. But now picture a person. That's a couch potato, straight up couch potato. Remote in his hand, and beer in the other hand, eating chips, doing this for years, watching TV, you know, the shape got different, what have you. Then you say, okay, I want you to get in shape, the best shape of your life within three weeks. But tonight we're going to start off with you running five miles. That person wouldn't. That person wouldn't walk good four blocks. I mean, five blocks really good. Without him, like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. And that's the same thing that's happening with our babies' brains because they're not using that part of the brain. Like you just mentioned, the press, all you're doing is pressing a button. You're not trying to figure things out in your head. You know what I mean? So you're not you're not exercising that part of the brain. And we know the brain is an organ, but it acts as a muscle. You might as well call it a muscle because it acts as like a muscle. But if you don't use certain things to critically think, um, conceptualize things, figure things out in your head, ponder over stuff, if you don't use that kind of that part of the brain, when it's time to use it, you, you please I mean, think of how many people. I guarantee you, at your audience, if you ask them, if you have read a book, enough, if you have, if you ask them if they have read a book or a long article in a long time, and they if they're gonna do it before they go to sleep, and say read the article, I guarantee you they fall asleep before they do it. Because that brain ain't ain't being used. So now you're gonna tell me read all this, 
<laughs> you know what right. I mean? Within a certain period of time, that brain is over. Is, is, it gets overloaded, and then all of a sudden it starts to shut down because you have to build it. You have to build it back up. And so this is what's happening in LA with too many with too many of our children because they're so used to pressing buttons, pressing buttons, pressing buttons from video games to learning that when you tell them to do certain things, either they can't do it, they don't want to do it, or they don't know how to do it. So guess what? It's not done. And my fear. I mean, I'm saying this. I'm saying this because my, my my son is 29 years old, so I'm not, I'm I'm not a concerned parent for him, but I'm concerned parent for others. Because as an educator, every child that comes into your classroom or any class, any 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 of me when I go to schools, those children become my children, and I say it openly. I'm like, for for the for the time being, I'm here. You belong to me, That's right. and I treat them as they're my children. And so my fear is that. Because they took premiership out of schools, you know, so he's right. These kids don't know how to write cursively, nor can they read it. So, so I'll, I'll use the word script. They not not only can they not read the script, they can't. I mean, they can't write it, so they can't read it. So now you tell an eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old, go register to do this, sign this application, go do this, and they say sign your name. He's writing in print. He's or she writing in print. And to be or not, the way they write. They're not even writing online. I mean, in other words, you, you tell the kid to write in print on the line, they're writing in between the line. And they're writing, I mean, they, they're putting their name, like, uh, they're writing across the line because they don't have a concept of writing, bro. That is, like, scary. Yeah. And that's happening worse for our black and brown babies than it is for other other children because other children, they, they the ones that have the means to it, they're being taught how to write in script. Sure. So now, so education system, it seems, they seem to have put that on the parents, which is not fair. Not, no, 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 when I say fair, because that's a basic requirement, writing. You know what I mean? That, that, should, that should be something that should be uh, uh, cataloged in schools to, or, or, and, and, and should be progressed in schools because L.A., that's how we learn. You know what I mean? Our time tables, we get that in school. Right. Our, our writing, our penmanship, you know, writing between the lines, our tracing. You know what I mean? We did that. We did that in school because although, it was part of our curriculum. Although I write like a doctor without the money, but I mean, sign. Like no, hey, 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 me too. <laughs> hey, hey, here's the funny thing. Me too, and I'm ambidextrous with it. I can write with both hands, left hand, right hand. I can do both, and I can write equally sloppy. So we're in the same boat. Yeah. I get that, but at the end of the day, my friend, we can read that, we, and we can read some lots of slap, and we can read some lots of sloppy handwriting too, because right. we're accustomed to doing it. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, but, but again, our babies aren't getting that privilege, and and with that, they're gonna lose so much in this fake, illusion-filled, digital-based world right. because it's, it's really an illusion. Yeah. It's an illusion, bro. It's yeah. an illusion. Talking with these smartphones made made us dumb. Talking with uh, Gerald Hoover, best-selling author of My Friend, My Hero, a book targeting young black and brown boys ages twelve up and up here on the Bachelor News Radio Show, Bachelor News Radio Network and WCOM, Chapel Hill, and Carborough, uh, uh, North Carolina. And we'll get to the, the book series and info there. Um, you know, really sort of the final uh, phase, and I know you said there's the positives because they're doing something. But again, um, the concern I have is that even before the virus, even before they had to go online, and some are going back to school in certain places, and, I mean, you can get into if it's safe or not. That's a whole different discussion for another day. Um but the fact is that, you know, it, kids, even before the virus, and I, and I have to, again, I challenge mine all the time, um, it, it, They work is not, it, I wouldn't say it was necessarily 
fun for us. But, mm-hmm. you know, we knew we had to do that, and we knew at the end of the day it was going to make us better. Even sometimes we mm-hmm. didn't feel like going to school. I tried to play hooky. My mother found out all the time, but I had to do what I had mm-hmm. to do. And it didn't seem mm-hmm. as forced on us as it is with kids. Kids like, okay, if you, you do this, you can play this, or you can go outside, and they push and they zooming through it. But at the same time, you want to tell them, no, take your time, because a lot of teachers say take your time, read the read the questions, you know, when you're taking the test. And it seems like the ki- these kids, our kids, are trying to zoom through a lot of the, the work, and they don't seem to get it. It's more robotic than mm-hmm. consumption and understanding and comprehending it. You, you, you buy mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that, that's a fear. And, and, and matter of fact, you said it eloquently, but you basically repeated what I was saying and what I said it. When, these, when our babies get a certain age, they're not going to be able to function other than doing what they've known. It's almost like putting a, you know, you know they put the uh, blinds on horses, run that straight, run a straight line. They won't know how to do anything else. But, oh, it's not, it's not set in stone this way, they won't be able to do it. And that's where too many of our child, children are going to fail. That's where they're going to fail because they won't have options on how to do things any other way. And that's, gonna, that, and that's a criminal act, if you ask me. It's a criminal act. It's written because... Right? And, and that's why I said fake, illusional, filled world, because you'll say, oh, no, he got a so-and-so on his test. But, yeah, he was pressing a button that you helped him press because you're trying to get that funding because the state mandated so-and-so, so-and-so, which the state has no, they have no clue what's going on on the ground. They're a bunch of bean counters and doing whatever they're doing. They have no clue or concept of what is done on the educational level, none, because if they did or if their children was in the belly of the beast, they wouldn't have that kind of. They wouldn't have that kind of outlook. And just to interrupt too, if they if our kids aren't learning, again, post uh, pre and post COVID nineteen, they're ready to mm-hmm. put them ready to put them on meds, you know, Ritalin and whatever, oh it, it, whatever. Man, um, and, 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 and bro, and, and LA, I was I believe it or not pre COVID. And, and matter of fact, you we've been discussing about my book before COVID. Pre COVID, well, I started my curriculum. Two years ago, I mean, like getting it in stone. So I, I so I'm, I'm well ahead of the COVID part. I was yelling and screaming about in 25 years if we're not careful that we're gonna have an educational apocalypse. I was saying this for about two years now. Now it's probably gonna be closer than that because we're gonna lose two and a half years. Okay, this way for every child I was already behind, tack on two more years. They don't go. They're not gonna fail a kid. They're going to promote them socially. But think about the average 10th grader that's ready for college, getting ready for college in two years. They're going to be functioning on a sixth-grade reading level or sixth-grade work level. So, so that so, means when they graduate high school and, and graduate to go to college, they're going to, they're going to, it's going to be a real, a real challenge. So real, real quick, because we're running out of time, um, what would be some of the solutions you have you know, right now with COVID and, and moving forward? And please do. Uh, let people know how they can get my friend, my hero. Talk about the book and, and where they can find it. Sure. Well, I, I'll, I'll do that first because it's fresh in my head. Uh, my, my website is called The Hero Book Series. Right? TheHeroBookSeries.com. Um, for those that are educators or they want to uh, do some homeschooling, help, help them enhance, you can order my book and I will even let you know how to get the curriculum to go with it. Now, the curriculum. Uh, it has a study a study guide which you have to write, read, 
uh, do some uh, uh, research and learn how to do words, how to put words together, context clues. I mean, it's, it's, it was the same thing that would happen in the school. Also have a teacher's edition to where you have the answers. So for you parents that have young children, okay, Johnny, do this, do this, do this. You as a parent, whether you've been to school lately or not, it's okay. You have the teacher's guide. You have the answers. The sentences, you have the answers. The, the, the multiple choice, you have, the, you have all the answers. I even have a pretest. So you can say, here, Johnny, take this, and let me see how you can do with that. Then I have what's called a unit assessment, and I have answers for that as well. So you have a student success guide, you have a teacher's edition, and you have a unit assessment. So you have all those, and you're good. What I would suggest, put a physical book in your child's hand. E-learning is fine. I, my book is on tape now. It's coming out in about a month. I even have e-books, which, okay, I, I'm not really formed, but I know people, I don't want to read it like that. That's fine. But put a physical book in your hand. The five senses that we're blessed with are given to us for a reason. Putting a physical book in your hand speaks volumes to the mental, soul, mind, and body. There's a lot of, and go on YouTube and research touch on how the effects are of touching a book. Google that. Touch it. Touch in a book. Wow. How powerful you start that your knowledge starts to your your knowledge starts LA with just touching the book. It's powerful. I I, I just saw that I just saw something like that the other day. And it's funny because I've been thinking about it. Because you know, you know, I give you an example. Let me let me say something really quick. I'm gonna show you on time. In the, in the in the Bible, I'm, I'm sorry. In, in church, people have told me. I remember, I remember old ministers were telling me. I would say, well, Elder so and so, what do I learn? What do I read in the Bible? What should, how, what should I do? They, they, you know, they would tell me. Say a prayer. Put your hand on top of the Bible and just open it. Meaning, I heard meaning that before. You'll find it. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, Ella, Ella, You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. There was something powerful about putting your mind right with it, coming becoming one with the story that you're about to read and then opening the book deep with that deep and, and so we keep giving these books these, 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 these digital books and everything you ain't helping these kids put a book in your hand put a physical book the five senses are, are given to us for a reason that's if right. you dummy us out with that we ain't gonna have them buddy we're gonna be ro- people are gonna be robot that's right it's not gonna work for us yeah it's not, not gonna work for us bro and the learning is, is robotic at this point because of that come on man yeah, you're right come you're on, absolutely man. Come right. on, man. Yeah. Well, we, we, we're gonna, we can't afford that, bro. We can't. We can't. And you talk about apocalypse. Oh, my God. You, you, <sighs> you, on, being, you, you get your Negro Domus points because you have been talking about this for quite some time. So uh, I know that for a fact. Hoove, I love you, man. Appreciate you. Be safe. Uh, I'll talk too, with you very, very soon. We'll get you on next week and talk some yeah. more about this, okay? My pleasure, my brother. Take Be care, safe, man. All right, man. Greetings and great day, everyone. I am Elder Janelle Strickland, host of the Life Cafe radio broadcast from Maximizing Life Family Worship Center. I invite you to tune in every Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Tune in, maximize your life with the Word of God, and be blessed. Only on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Tune in to You in the Law with Chief Virgil Green and Chief Keith Humphrey. The show focuses on law enforcement and their relationship with the black community while letting you know your legal rights as a citizen when confronted by the police. Listen live every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com and the podcast every Monday through Sunday at 4 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Thank you.
Little Lup, where have you been? Naughty, naughty. Hey, that's right. Oh, the naughty you. Keeping me from my rounds. I'm late as it is. Now stay put. Don't go anywhere till I get back. Understand me? Nice. DMC back in the day. Christmas with Run DMC back in the day. If you're old enough to remember that and remember them, uh, had to get that in. Welcome back to the show. It's LA Bachelor. It's the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM and Chapel Hill and Carborough. Want to bring in my guest and uh, uh, first of hopefully many appearances. Uh, he's the sports director of UrbanMediaToday.com and co-owner of produce and producer of Urban Media Today. 
He is Trevin A. Jones. And Trevin, uh, good to have you on, man. I hope all is well with you, sir, and happy holidays to you. Same to you, L.A. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored. I feel um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a gracious guest. You're a gracious host. Uh, I appreciate being here. Thank you. Oh, man, thank you for what you do, and you know what I mean. Um, so I, a lot has been said in COVID-19, and, and Trevor, you know uh, COVID hits mainstream different than it hit black folk in our communities, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just uh, from the health standpoint, we know that's the case financially and otherwise. So in the sports world, you know, the Alabamas and the SEC and the Pac-12s and all these in football, um, you know, they print money. You know, they can play. If somebody gets sick or whatever, they, you know, they they get sued. They pay it off or whatever the case may be. There was a lot of controversy and a lot of conversation about the HBCUs. And I know the CIAA is doing what they're doing, the SIAC as well, uh, MEAC, SWAC playing. Um, Assess how the community, the HBCU community, the presidents, the ADs have handled COVID uh, thus far? For me personally, L.A., I um, stand up and applaud um, Commissioner Thomas with the MEAC, uh, um, Commissioner McClellan with the um, with the SWAC. And the reason I do that is because they're putting the best interests of the athletes, as well as the CIAA and the FIAC, I must say that. They're putting the best interests of the athletes ahead right. of um, the almighty dollar, so to speak. But at the same time, they're actually um, looking into allowing the young ones to play um, and to play as safely as possible um, if they are playing. Uh, this, interest, this year is going to be interesting because you had the basketball tournaments shut down short uh, way back in March, so you really didn't get to see uh, who a national champion would be or to play through tournaments after even conference tournaments because I think it was shut down during conference tournaments. Um, I definitely applaud. Uh, the commissioners, because, again, they put the interests of their athletes first, I believe. You know, uh, it's it's funny that you should mention that. I just had uh, Robert Jones on, you know, Norfolk State, and I remember uh, getting to um, the – to to Norfolk, going about literally 10 minutes away from the scope and got the word that the NCAA had shut down the, the tournament, period. So it, it's mm-hmm. been a long time. So do you think that, um, you know, conferences, uh, in particular the um, the the D ones, you know, the uh, the uh, Miak and Swack, had more pressure to get it on the on the court and and play because again they were on the brink of having conference tournament. I know the Miak was, um, and mm-hmm. then it got shut down. And there's a lot of. Uh, you know, candidly, a lot of monies that have to be out there to be played because, as we know, in in most cases, and especially the HBCUs, the football and the basketball drives the revenue. So, was it you think it was more pressure for them to play because they lost out on the tournament last year? I don't know if it was more pressure on them to play. To be honest with you, LA, um, I think the. Again, I applaud the fact that the presidents and the commissioners got together and, and took a look at this. Uh, of course, there's right. going to be pressure because, as you said, the sports, and unbeknownst to some people, you know, football pretty much pays for a lot of the sports that take place. Uh, so when you don't go without football, you're losing a big uh, 
piece of your budget. Uh, it is during basketball season. Now, we all know that, you know, basketball tournaments, we well know uh, within the HBCU community um, that these tournaments generate a lot of dollars, um, and it's a big gatherings and get, get-togethers and things like that. Um, to, to answer your question directly, I don't think it's pressure on the, the coaches or the players. I think the pressure mm. would come where the schools are looking at the economic impact uh, of not possibly playing the game. Um, and I think that's where the most pressure would come from. So I'm thinking the pressure is really on the president um, and probably on the commissioners. Yeah, and it, I mean, and you, that endowment money comes into play, making sure you have, you know, that money in the bank, if you will. A, a, a lot of decisions mm-hmm. had to be uh, uh, made there. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Trevin A. Jones, sports director of UrbanMediaToday.com, co-owner and producer of Urban Media Today uh, here on the Bassett News Radio Show. Um, so when you look at, uh, speaking of football, a, a guy mm-hmm. like Buddy Pugh, and, yep. I mean, you know, Buddy Ball, like South Carolina State and Buddy Pugh go hand in hand. Um, of course. I mean, he kind of came back, you know, and, and, and had the, the season. You know, they had some down years at, uh, for a moment there, came back. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that went into them giving him, uh, the state giving him the extension, or, or what do you think went into that? I think his, reput- his reputation speaks for itself. Coach Pugh has been around for a long time. Coach Pugh put some players into the league, into the NFL, both on the offensive side and defensive side of the ball. I think that when you have an individual that can produce or help produce that type of talent, and not only talent on the field, L.A., think about it. The young ones that coaches put out and have gone to the league or haven't gone to the league but have been stellar athletes also performed well in the classroom. And coaches put out um, young men, I don't want to call them a product, but um, as they've gone through the process there at South Carolina State playing for Coach Buddy Pugh, I think that he made men, um, regardless of if they were on the field or off the field. And I think that that was recognized. And I think that that plays a role in giving anyone the extension because you know that that's a a positive uh, person or product that has a positive impact on your brand. Um, So I think that it was recognized and – like he should, deservedly so, he should get an extension and, and got one. Yeah, I think he, I mean, you're right. That, you know, we see other people, if you will, uh, get extensions based on their reputation, and, and certainly Coach View is, is, is no uh, exception. Uh, Carrick Jackson um, turned in his recognition at uh, Southern University, as you know, as head baseball coach to, to accept a uh, position in in baseball um, as the president of the the draft league. I, I thought that was really interesting for two points, uh, Trevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, um, the position he took as mm-hmm. the um, the draft league um, president. Number mm-hmm. two, he took it in in a time. I'm that, and you know, we have, you know, we know our baseball colleagues that followed in black baseball and the Negro leagues and all of that. But at a time mm-hmm. that baseball, if you're not Brown, if you will, then mm-hmm. you're not in the league. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I wonder if it's, if it's strategic, you think of baseball bringing him, him, him in. I mean, because you know, the, 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 um, 
Jackie Robinson, I know Rachel Robinson, they have the RBI uh, thing. And, and really, I think it's almost like the Rooney rule. Like, it's okay. It's not really doing what it needs to do. And this is a, and this is coming from a person as a kid where baseball was my favorite sport. I loved baseball. Wow. And then I went away mm-hmm. from it. And, and, you know, we, we talk about it on conference calls about baseball and where it's gone. But it, mm-hmm. talk about that position and, and, and the, the bigger scheme of what baseball can do to bring back uh, young black kids who either want to have a football in their hand so they can score a touchdown or a ball in their hand so they can knock down a three-pointer. You know what, L.A., if I may, um, and I don't know how old you are, and I might be showing my age when I even mention this, um, and uh, uh, millennials and, 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 and Internet, uh, people on the Internet, um, Google this, what I'm about to say. Back in the day, ebony and debt were prominent. And they were prominent for more That's than right. one reason. Not only did they get the communication out there for us, because there was no cell phone, there was no uh, iPads, um, computers were in a different uh, stage at that point in time in life. But, and, and I don't know if you remember this, L.A., but speaking of baseball, Ebony used to have pages of the, of the black players that were in the major leagues, and that used to come out every baseball season. That mm. as a youngster, when I would see that, caught my attention. And of course, I get back in the day when I was, um, I guess, a teenager and you know younger, I would be outside playing. So the video games weren't as advanced as they are now. Uh, so right. going out and playing baseball, I would look at Ebony. I would actually wait, LA. I would look for the Ebony edition, where it had the list of the black players in the NBA. And they showed their pictures. They had little, little, small pictures and their names under it, even under the teams. And then they also, in Major League Baseball, they did the same thing. And in Major League Baseball, they had pages of black players <laughs> in Ebony. Uh, I guess over time that, that, that dwindled down. But I say that to say this. I wish that something like that was taking place today so that the young ones today, especially um, young black men and even Latinos, our Latino brothers, could see these players that are in the league that look like them, and it might generate more interest. Now, you asked about the position, the move that was made by the coach from Southern. I'm hoping that with that type of move, not only does it increase the Southern brand, but it also increases the brand of Negro, of HBCU baseball and that people can recognize, maybe major leagues are recognizing that great players or good players are coming from the HBCUs as well. Um, I thought all that to say this. I think as long as we get exposure, any exposure, any recognition, any type of movement upward, even with the major leagues, with the NFL, that type of thing is a good thing because I'm hoping that those people that get those opportunities and make those moves also reach back to pull others up with them. Yeah, I mean, because as long as the day, I don't want to belittle the point of the, 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 you know, Griffey's father and son, I mean, the Uptons, I mean, and that's like, that's it. Like, I know um, you, you got some guys that, that uh, uh, like CC Sabathia's son coming up through the ranks and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think baseball reached out. And I think it's upon us. And really, you can go back to Kurt Floyd. At, at when Flood, when he, mm-hmm. when he fought the mm-hmm. system and it seemed like they, they, they pushed, you know, we're going to get you Negroes. We're going to cut you out. Um <laughs> 
but it, it but long of the days of of when we had that and again like you and I we we I loved the, I played first base right field I could hit I was wow. dead ball hitter I couldn't hit a curveball for for the mm-hmm. same my life but I but okay. I wanted to play and I I think that you know our 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 brown brothers right they come over here and I think in some cases they take advantage of them they come from you know uh, some of the um, mm-hmm. uh, Latino uh, countries. Um, that they take mm-hmm. advantage of, and I, I, I think that um, there are a lot of people who love the game, but we, as the black media, I guess, would have to push this forward to make sure that we get the word out about how the great the game is, because I don't think baseball is going to do it at all. Hence, like I referred to earlier, back in the day when Ebony used to have pages of brothers on pages under major league teams with their pictures. They didn't even have their position, they have their names and their positions, almost like miniature baseball cards. Um, so I, I think you're absolutely right. It's up to the media to to push it as far and definitely um, the black media, so to speak, to put it out there that you know these these players do exist and that we still do play baseball. Now, when you flip the coin to the other side, LA, I don't know how much further. Like if we're reaching, I don't know if the major leagues are reaching back. To be honest, right? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know the sad part about it, we've lost some some great players uh, this year, mm-hmm. Bob Gibson and so on, and uh, the, you know in in the game, like it, I mean, just mm-hmm. huge iconic players that that really made the game what it was. If you're just joining us, talk with Trevor A. Jones, sports director. Go to their website too if you want to check out uh, their latest podcast. And I mean, they have so much information up there, not just the, the HBCU sports, but they have uh, other news there, but it's uh make sure you go to urban media today.com urban media today.com. Uh, Trevin, I want to look at the MEAC uh, basketball standings. It certainly is only, it's early. It's only four games for most people. So I think um, a couple of them have played um, uh, three, but assess the field. We, like I said, we just had Coach Jones on earlier, and he was talking about. I mean, they have three really good wins so far, uh, including against mm-hmm. their rival in Hampton. Um, you know, Morgan State's uh, looking pretty good. Uh, Coppins off to a, a, a slow start, and so is Howard. But assess uh, the Northern and the the, the Southern division. Um, some quality wins for a lot of teams in this conference. Yeah, there is. And I'll tell you what, it's easy to assess. <laughs> First and foremost, I have to point out, I'm a Spartan. So behold the green and gold. Uh, <laughs> I, I bleed green and gold without questioning. So Coach Jones is always doing a bang-up job. Uh, much respect to you, Coach Jones. I truly appreciate it. At the same time, as you know, L.A., I do play-by-play for Howard University for the basketball football teams as well. So right. I always tell people, if you see a Spartan riding into the promised land on the back of a bison, that's me. Um, <laughs> and <it's definitely laughs> the, 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 the north and the south, you're always going to have North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T, without question, um, as far as when, you, when you're looking at the south. Um, this has been dominant. Um, coaches are doing a great job at both of those universities and schools. And in the North, it, 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 it's going to be um, – I'm kind of looking at Morgan State. Um, I, I like Howard. Howard's off to a slow start, just like you said. But I'm looking at Morgan State because Morgan State has always had they, – they, they seem to me to be loaded uh, and they're just waiting to, to gel at the right time. 
Um, so, like you said, it's early in the season. You only have, what, what, maybe three games played. It's going to be interesting to see when we really get into the conference play uh, to see what's going to happen, especially with the new alignment and with COVID, with the impact of COVID. Will we even get to get through a, a season? Uh, that's going to be an interesting thing because, you know, different things are taking place like in Pennsylvania and uh, other other states around the country because of COVID. Um, so it's always exciting, I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, you know, your Spartans have a, a, a big win. They should have. They they went toe to toe with ODU to late. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you look at uh, Morgan State beating Iona. I mean, th- there's a lot of great mm-hmm. uh, games and great coaches. Talk about the great coaches in this conference. I mean, it certainly has Central um, and and as you had mentioned, Robert Jones. There's a lot of great talented coaches in this conference. Without question, uh, and there always is. Um, I always like the fact that um, Coach Blakeney doesn't get the credit that he's going to get um, as time goes on because I think Coach came in, uh, tried to pick up the Howard University program, um, putting some pieces together, and his first year he took his bump, his lump. Um, but I think as he starts to get – because this year if you look at Howard University, their team is basically a new team. I think you have a couple of players from last season but not many. Um, so I think he's going to have his his pieces in place, and once he gets his pieces in place, um, I think they'll, they'll start to make a little bit of noise. But then I have to go over to Coach Moten, Coach Lavelle Moten at, at North Carolina Central. Man, Coach always does a bang-up job. I mean, and if you ever get to listen to Coach speak, um, he's a humble brother. Um, I like the fact L.A., and I don't know if you saw it, one time uh, he posted – he's on social media a lot too. <laughs> one time. He posted uh, the locker room with the team, with the Eagles, and his son was in there. Uh, and he said, and he exposed his son to the players, but you could see the relationship that was built um, between the players and his son. And I don't know if you parents are paying attention, but I think coaches, the to to what Coach did there was men becoming men, and he also left the men becoming men following in their footsteps behind. And they kind of reach out to him or get a bond him as well. Uh, so I think Coach Moten got it going on. There. Well, I get on you the mentioned two. You, you mentioned two coaches that are not only outspoken but very uh, candid in in their conversations, and and you know you don't get talking points and cookie cutters uh, from them. And Coach Jones, Coach uh, Moten, and um, uh, uh, Central. Uh, the other uh, thing, one other thing with this conference, and it's, it's I, I mentioned this to Coach Jones at the start mm-hmm. of the interview, and it's like, okay, you beat Hampton. I know it was a lot of conversations from some of us in the media. Is like, uh, I know a, a, a colleague of mine is like, you know, you know that win right now in the midst of everything else, and Hampton leaving was like, boom, like a nice little you know, gut punch to the stomach. And do do you see uh, any of the other uh, schools looking at um, North Carolina A&T the, the same way where they want to kind of, kind of stick it to them uh, based on, you know, where a and is going? Oh, I think they want to stick it to them just because they're A&T, not because they're <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you have to remember, I mean, A&T and Central – I mean, they've had some cats that could downright fly and hoop. I mean, A&T, you had the um, – I think their guard was the assist leader in the country last year. 
Um, so, right. I mean, you have some great talent on these at these schools. And then, I mean, Hampton, Nova State, L.A., I told you I'm a Spartan. That rivalry <laughs> goes so far back that it doesn't matter who's going where or what, what the other person is doing or team is doing, we're going to get you. Either way, one way, you're either going to get the Spartan or the Spartan's going to get the Pirate or the Pirate's going to get the Spartan. Either way. Um, so I don't think that when it comes to HBCU hoops, I don't think the schools are looking at each other like, okay, you're going to another conference. I really, really want to get you because they're already there. Like, I'm going to get you anyway. You're looking at Morgan State. Morgan State doesn't get the respect, I think, that, that they they feel that they deserve. So they're coming out. They're ready to ball. They're going to ball out. And I didn't even mention South Carolina State. No disrespect to them. Um, but And when you're looking at other schools, um, I just think – and it's a shame that Central – I mean, that uh, uh, the film Cookman and Sam U, um, they just shut down their sports. Because uh, I think that right. would be interesting to see them, you know, hooping uh, this year as well. But uh, and don't forget, schools like Coppin State, Maryland, Eastern Shore, they're always out to get the whoever you put on the court. We're going to get you. So I don't think it's about where they're going. I think it's just we're going to get you anyway. Right. Uh, quickly before you go, I do want to look at the the SWAC again. Everything's early. Most teams only played at three or four games. Um, it, it you you look at them and. You have the perennials that are going to, uh, in terms of basketball, going to be there, and the, the Texas Southerns and the Southerns that will get in into the big dance uh, 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 quite a bit. But uh, take a look, an early look at this this, this conference and, and, and let us know what you think. I think that you have to pay attention to Prairie View. Um, definitely pay attention to Alabama A&M. Um, Texas Southern. Again, this is another team. Texas Southern is like the North Carolina Central of the SWAC. Texas Southern is right. always around when it's coming to hoops. Uh, so they might be up to a slow start. I think what they may be one and three uh, at this point in the season. Um, but don't sleep on them either. But Prairie View, I think, is a team that you have to keep your eye on. Um, we do a poll. I'm not a poll. We do rankings. That Our rankings don't start until January 1st of every year. For the past four years, we've been doing our rankings. Uh, Prairie View finished in the top five last year in our, in our, in our rankings. Um, Texas Southern finished in the top ten. Uh, Alabama A&M is a surprise. Uh, so if they can continue the momentum that they have going on uh, this early in the season, uh, it would be interesting to see where they end up. I'm hoping – oh, man, L.A., I am hoping that we get to the point where we have a swag tournament, basketball tournament, because I just want to see these cats go at it. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. And don't count out Gremlin State um, and, and Alabama State as well, or Southern. We do apologize for that, uh, uh, Trevin, and, and we had a, a technical quick difficulty there. Apologize for that. Um, I, I was going to ask you the final question. I know you do the polls and you won't uh, kick it off until, until next month, but if you had to choose a team right now based on what you know, the talent, um, the, the expectations. I mean, you're a mater. All those returning starters and veterans, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll be picked to, to be at the top. Who would you say in the, the MIAC and the SWAC? 
Real easy, and I'm going to keep it down to one team, uh, and I'm going to show my bias here. Uh, when it comes to the <laughs> MEAC, I'm looking at Norfolk State. <laughs> Coach Jones, uh, I'm definitely looking at them. No disrespect to Coach Blakeney. Remember, L.A., I had to go to, to Howard um, and, and call the game sometimes. So no disrespect to the Bison. I got mad love for the Bison. I know a lot of their players as well. Um, I think Norfolk State. And then over in the swack, I really, really, really think that Prairie View is going to do some damage. Yeah, I think I think so too, uh, and I think the SWAC's gonna be really interesting, like you said, because everybody uh, wants to to beat the bully on a on a block, like you said in Texas Southern. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Trevor, before you go, let people know how they can follow you and um, uh, your latest podcast and and all of your information, sure. sir. Sure. Um, just follow us. At, well, you can follow me at Ice Code Alpha on Twitter. Um, Ice Code Alpha on Twitter. And then also, um, I urge all of you, go to urbanmediatoday.com. Go to the website. You'll enjoy what you see. At the very top of the website, there's an icon with a headphone and a, an arrow. Place, press on that, and you will enjoy the music of Urban Media Today Radio as well. Um, so, L.A., if I give the opportunity, just please check out urbanmediatoday.com and Urban Media Today Radio. Hey, listen, man. This is not. This is the first of many. Hopefully, you be safe. Enjoy your weekend. God bless. I'll talk with you uh, on Monday. Thank you for having me. I got to get you on my show. I appreciate you. Hey, man. No, no worries. Thanks for coming on. Take care. All right, Trevin A. Jones, sports director of UrbanMediaToday.com, co-owner and uh, producer of Urban Media Today uh, Radio right here on the Bachelor News. And, and once again, uh, the website is urbanmediatoday.com, urbanmediatoday.com, on the Bachelor News radio show. Just to
Welcome back to the show. Don't forget, if you miss any part of the broadcast, you can go to our website, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com. You can hear all the interviews 
there on our page, and you can listen to some of the other shows that we have there on the website, uh, some music and, and other uh, things for you to enjoy. One of the people you will hear on the rebroadcast is a longtime friend and editor-in-chief of BASN Newsroom. He's Tony T. Mac McLean. And T, what's shaking, man? How's it going? Good, good. Just got off the phone, uh, an interview with uh, uh, Trevin Jones, as we know, um, and we were having a conversation about um, a story that kind of has gone under the, the radar in terms of whether it's an impact or not. But, um, you know, Carrick Jackson, um, who was the baseball coach at Southern University, Resign now. He didn't resign. He didn't get fired from what he understands. He had a, uh, you know, had a, a losing record. But he left to take uh, a position with baseball as the president of the MLB Draft League. Draft mm-hmm. League. And mm-hmm. so my question to you is, uh, it's a good opportunity for him. But uh, two points. Uh, are they being really strategic? Are they really saying, okay, we need this brother to be the face to go into these neighborhoods and bring our kids back and, and run the draft and make sure that these teams are looking at our kids uh, to bring them through the ranks? And number two, if, if he fails, sort of like the situation um, with the, uh, the Marlins, uh, it, 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 is, is, this, is he a sacrificial lamb? at this point if it doesn't work out? Well, he's had other jobs. From what I can gather, he's had other jobs uh, in uh, in baseball. So he was targeted for this. And um, just to go into depth a little bit more, I don't know how in-depth you guys went into this. This is sort of a new venture for Major League Baseball in the sense of the, it's it's more of – it's, it's sort of like um, – to a certain extent, it's sort of like the, uh, I guess, the G League in the NBA. Right. And baseball. Is That's what it sounds like. You're right. Like something yeah, new. It's, right. It's, it's exactly. It's exactly what it is. It's it, they're basically. Um, it's a little bit different from like the Cape Cod leagues and these other leagues that that cater to the quote unquote top seniors. They're basically trying to give them. Uh, a forum, so that uh, when the draft comes up, they're you know you know they're they're more draft eligible. Now, how this is going to work with the HBCUs, I'm not really sure. Um, I, it's funny because I was there was a, there's a guy from our organization who I wanted to get an idea what he thought of this, uh, and uh, this is uh, Michael Coker from uh, uh, Black College Baseball. Um, the fact right. that he has the background in HBCUs, one would think, you know, maybe now this can give uh, some of the better players an opportunity because, <coughs> excuse me, it's twofold because as we saw even before the pandemic, Major League Baseball was trying to, and I still don't get it, they're trying to de-emphasize the minor leagues. And to me, you know, of the many dumb things that Major League Baseball does, this 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 is right up there. Um, 
I'm anxious to see but how you, 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 I was going to ask you nothing because, but it's it's interesting in the sense that I've heard some people say, well, you know, maybe this might be their uh, reach out to the HBCUs, like you mentioned, sort of like what people, and I really don't think they're going far, and I know people are going to get upset with me in the NFL, that, you know, Troy Vince is trying to do with this HBCU, you know, um, uh, uh, tri- football um, tryout of you know, well, thinking of the term, the combine. Well, the combine. The pop- so, is, yeah, and, is, yeah. is baseball hiding? Is baseball basically saying we're this this draft uh, situation, this new venture, is going to be? Yes, we want to not only bring in black and brown players, but we also want to reach out to the HBCU. I don't know if they're trying to ace I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of skeptical here. When I, when I right. first heard, when I first heard it, it seemed to me that they were sort of trying to um, separate, for lack of a better word, the, you know, the, 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 the phrase that you like to use, sort of trying to separate the five families, um, right. in a sense, um, from some of the other schools now. Again, the fact that he has a HBCU background, maybe he personally will try to, you know, see what he can do with HBCUs. But, um, but you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, again, and, and I'm still really learning up on it and reading up on it on the surface. I don't think they're trying to do anything for the HBCUs. I think this is a, I think this is baseball trying to sort of separate the um, the, the hardcore prospects as opposed to whatever. Now that's all well and good, but see again, know your history. There is a lot of great players, Hall of Fame players, didn't go. Um, you know, didn't go very high. You got to remember, Ken Griffey Jr. I think is still the only number one overall pick uh, in the draft that's in the Hall of Fame. I could, you know, that, that all, at least off the top of my head, I think of that. But you think of somebody like a Mike Piazza who was like was picked as a favor uh, to um, by Tommy Lasorda because he knew Lasorda. Uh, he he knew he knew his dad. Uh, you think of somebody like uh, your buddy Don Mattingly. Those are drafted very, very high. You know, see, see, the baseball draft is not like, you know, the baseball draft is nothing like the NFL or NBA, even NH, well, even to a certain extent the NHL, because it's, you know, literally and figuratively over – Four or five hundred guys get drafted every year in Major League Baseball, and the thing is, and Tony, that, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go, 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 go. Because I, I the, the, you know, even if my my thing is, even if uh, Major League Baseball wanted to reach out to HBCUs, they so far so behind on on black ball players. It don't matter if they come from South Carolina or South Carolina State. 
I mean, it just don't matter. They just they, they got to get some black ball players in there. So I don't even I don't, like you said, it's a stretch HBCUs, but they got to get it. If it's USC or whatever, they got to get some black ball players in in the game. I think at the end of the day, again, if it wasn't for the fact that this brother has a background in HBCUs, I I, I don't I don't think HBCUs. I hate to say it on the surface, I don't think HBCUs are are, are um um. Are 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 a player in this right now? I I think this is it's a, it's twofold because see they're also trying to redefine the international draft as well, and it's to me this is like sort of the first stage of it. They're trying to take care of home, and then eventually that because again. When you think of all the great, you know, just just a, you know, just a, give an example. When you think of all the great Latino ball players that have played Major League Baseball, only a handful have been drafted in the the, the baseball draft in, in the baseball amateur draft as we know it. You know, Alex Rodriguez is one, and Manny, uh, Manny Ramirez is 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 one. But somebody like uh, Roberto Clemente, arguably the you know the greatest. Uh, of all the greatest um, Latino player of all time, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Wasn't now? This was now. This was pre-draft, but he was a free. He was signed as a free agent. But to say, but in that same vein, Sammy Sosa, free agent, Mariano Rivera, free agent, David Ortiz, mm. free agent. Now a lot of those got. Now there were a lot of guys pre. Baseball draft, which which the, which the draft, as we know, began in 1965, but even subsequently, there's been pretty much all your Hispanic ball players were, for lack of a better word, were signed on the cheap. They were not. They were not drafted. There were very, very few. You know. Now, yes, we've seen. Like I said, we mentioned. I mentioned uh, Ramirez. I mentioned A. Rod. You know, Carlos Correa, you know, number one overall pick. And we've seen more Hispanic players get drafted, uh, but for the most part, they have gotten Hispanic players on the cheap. You know, uh, right. Gary Sheffield years ago basically said the reason why Hispanics have been able to thrive is because unlike the black ball players, um, they were willing to, you know, sell their souls in a sense to get there, you will, you know, to, to get to Major League Baseball. Uh, I think I told you this story about Sammy Sosa uh, before. Um, Sammy was drafted as a 16-year-old by the Texas Rangers. He signed the same um, signing bonus that Jackie Robinson signed when he when he was signed by the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. And remember, also that's horrible. The, uh, the, and, but and, and then also, um, the Kansas City Monarchs were were not compensated. They literally just took him off the thing. But see, here's the ironic thing. You know who actually signed? The, you know who the scout was that signed uh, Sammy Sosa for the Texas Rangers? No, a guy by the name of Omar Minaya. Wow. Now, again, this is going back a few years because Manaya at then was working as a scout for the Texas Rangers. But see, 
that mentality hasn't really changed. Now, the only difference now is now Major League Baseball has put academies over in Venezuela, in uh, the Dominican Republic, in Puerto Rico. It's, you know, what they're, you know, what they're trying to do now is sort of make it so that there aren't any, you know, that, that, that nothing slips between the cracks, you know. So you don't have a situation like you had with the uh, Hernandez brothers, uh, Levan, uh, you know, um, El Duque and uh, Levan. Like you don't have the, the, the craziness where the, where the Cuban players have to defect to uh, be able to make it, you know, for, uh, on, on uh, Major League Baseball. Now, it's interesting. Now, when we talk about either the Japanese or the Chinese ball players, now before – before um, what's your uh, what's what's the picture uh, of the Yankees? Ichiro uh, or Matsui? No, Ma- no, Matsui. This is, this is gone. No, no not Matsui. Uh, oh, you talking about Hideki Hideki Arabu? Hideki Before Hideki Arabu, literally, guys, you know, they could pluck them off the rosters or like they used to do in the Amigo leagues. But to their credit, the Japanese and the Chinese leagues basically have said no. You got to pay X amount of money just to negotiate with them. And then you sign. Then it becomes a bidding war. So the Japanese, the Japanese and Chinese leagues, did, you know, basically took advantage of capitalism in the sense of you're not just going to come here and raid our guys. If you take one of our guys, you will compensate us. If we do lose, and see, also there's a, it's sort of like a four or five year waiting uh, period, I guess. Over at least in the league where uh, Ichiro played in, because you know Ichiro began playing as uh, I think it was a seventeen or eighteen year old, and he played four or five. He played like five six years before he came over um, to the major leagues. That's why the fact that he got three thousand hits. Remember, he was about twenty seven, about twenty seven, twenty eight years old when he came over to the major leagues. And he's still got right. three thousand hits. But again, that just speaks to you. That just speaks to his how talented he was. And then, you know, and of course, you know, if you, if you add in his um, uh, his uh, hits um, in in the, over overseas, Japan. he had he yeah. had more hits than uh, Pete Rose. And you know, again, that's semantics and and you know whatever. But still, the fact that he's got three thousand hits Bla- is, bla- is blasphemous just, just, for for people here to say, "Oh my God, he's got." Well, that doesn't count. That was in Japan. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah, really. I know, uh, I know, I know. I know. But see, but see, your boys, your 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 boys tried to sell that when he when he was going when when he um when he came to the Yankees, you know, because they they actually had a freaking ceremony where when he in a sense passed Rose. They had a ceremony about PG Rowe being the all-time hit leader in all of professional baseball, and you know, of course, you know the the xenophobic votes was like, you know, how dare you and everything. But again, that's that's a whole right. that, that's a whole other story in and of itself. But long story short, to get back to what we're saying, on the surface, unfortunately, I don't think HBCUs are 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 um. Are a player in this? I would. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping that this can maybe uh, whatever. But I don't. But on the surface, it doesn't look like that. I think just the fact that the guy who's running the league has an HBCU background, sadly, may just be coincidence. Now again, I'd like to learn more. 
I'd like to know a little bit more. But again, just on the surface, it doesn't look like it's, uh, that, 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 that there's an HBCU factor here other than the fact that this guy, you know, you know, did some time at, 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 HBC, at an HBCU. I, I would, I, I, and I hope I'm wrong on that. Yeah. I really do. And if you're just joining us, we're talking with Tony T. Mac McLean from BASN Newsroom uh, on the show. Uh, T. And just not to beleaguer the point, but it, even uh, again, not to compare. I'm not. I'm not really not. But if if we're talking HBCUs in baseball and we're talking uh, the combine HBCUs in football, it you really can't do the same to me in a sense. Because the rosters in college, um, say football, uh, HBCUs is different than the rosters in in HBCU baseball. In other words, oh. you got black and brown, and and, th- and you know so and we're all you know we all brothers and cousins and stuff in 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 that sense. But you can't really have the, I mean not a combine, but you can't really have like a separate draft because I don't think. The HBCUs thing, with, with especially with some schools feeling like I'm not HBCU anymore, and and our rosters on these teams, on these baseball teams, are a melting pot. It's it's not even it's 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 you it's not even and, I, and again I don't say this to disparage. It's not worth comparing because number one, right. not every HBC no not every HBCU plays baseball. You know, we had, you know, right. you got to remember, you got to remember, over, you know, the CIAA, I don't even think, has baseball anymore. There's only a handful of teams. Remember, Howard dropped baseball about 10, 15 years ago. Not every HBCU plays baseball. You know, there's only a handful that do. And just to be real, when you look at the all, when you look at the all um, league teams over the past few years, whether it be the MEAC, the SWAC, or whatever, a lot of the um, players who make the, you know are Hispanic, and um, yes, are black, but the majority of the players who make the All Star teams and make the whatever are not black. They're, again, it, it goes right. back to the fact that we just start playing. A lot of HBCUs aren't playing baseball, and they're not. There isn't a feeder system in the HBCUs. There are more kids. There are probably more kids playing like in the that in like first pitch, and all these other I guess versions of what we would call the uh, club teams now. Right. But right. Not, but the HBCUs, and I, I would wonder. It's not a fact. It's not a factor at all, and it's a, and it's a shame. I mean, it's it's the numbers are 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 whatever, but right now it's 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 not a factor. It's just not a factor right now. And I wonder if it's it, it can't be. Um, I don't know. It can't be the fact that that's not enough interest if you have again HBCU campuses in baseball are more melting pot in terms of Hispanics and uh, blacks and whites playing on the same team um, so uh, you know I guess not generating enough revenue would be the the biggest reason it's, I guess it's, uh, no it's 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 this way it's twofold you know again it's it's it's, it's a it's a 
it's a sad subject to bring up because of what it means to a lot of to a lot of us. Um, they're not playing. There's not there's not a whole lot of of, of us playing ball in HBCU. If we're talking about HBCU baseball, the numbers are not really. I mean, the numbers are not good. They're not they're not there. Right. They're not there. Right. Now they you know they, they they've gotten better over the years, but they're still not they're still not where they were even when we um, were growing up. Now there's still kids out there. There's still a lot of kids out there that are that are playing, but it's just. And yes, I think um, with the HBCUs, a lot of it has to do with economics as well. But see, unfortunately, and uh, and this this will drift into another whole conversation. You got to remember, a lot of these HBCUs want to want to don't want to don't want to put a lot of money in athletics as a whole. Right. And. Baseball <laughs> is not a. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. There's only maybe a handful of HBCU schools that really have prominent baseball. You know, we you know um, you mentioned Southern, which is where um, this, this this kid's from. You know, Southern's had a great history over the years. You know, Southern. You know, uh, Ricky Weeks Jr., uh, the late Lou yep. Brock. Um, who yep. else in Southern? I mean, you know, they 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 have a history. Uh, Bethune Cookman, same thing, has a great history. Jackson State has had, uh, you know, uh, players. Even Grambling, Grambling had uh, Ralph Gar. Um, this way, the '69 Mets had um, Graham, um, Tommy Agee. That was pretty explore, uh, historic. Yeah. Well, 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 Tommy Agee played. Uh, for Grambling, um, Cleon Jones played at uh, I think Alabama A and M, and Don Clendenin played at Morehouse. Matter of fact, he's a legacy because his dad, uh, Nish Cornelius, was actually an all was actually an all SWAC player back in I'm sorry not all SWAC he he was an all star for um, Morehouse as well, and then went on to play and was a pretty prominent catcher in the Negro leagues. So. The history has been the history's there, and you know Buck O'Neill actually went to an HBCU as well. He went to uh, Edmund Waters down in uh, Jackson, uh, Jacksonville, uh, Jackson, Jacksonville, Florida. But you know, recently we haven't seen quite as many go from you know go from you know Ricky Weeks, of course, was the last prominent. I mean, and, and he was um, college baseball player of the year and was the uh, right. number two pick over number two pick overall. In the uh, in the draft, the year that he came out, and unfortunately, the numbers have literally dropped since then. You know, it's 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 almost on the same scale as blacks overall in uh, Major League Baseball, which is which is another another two hour story in and of itself. Right, and then you know when you, uh, I, I, you know, uh, not to belabor the point, it's just. It's sad because when, you know, again, it, it, Trevor and I, we were talking about how we love the game. Like, I play right field, first base. I, I could I could do dead red, but I couldn't hit a curveball. But but I love the game. Like, it, you just – you had a glove in your hand. And there's a lot – there's got to be a lot of people out there that love the game. It's just a matter of how we, we connect that because uh, baseball is not going to do it. How we Here's connect that. Uh, to the to, to the people. 
here's the thing. There are more kids out there playing. But unfortunately, they do get it gets lost in the shuffle because of basketball, because of football, and 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 and, and other sports. You know, or are like, they you know, are they are they are they Patrick Mahomes type kids like they can play baseball but they choose football? Are they that type of kids? No, there are there are kids. Well, again, you know, you look at uh, what happened this year for the for, you know for the you know what we saw happen with the rookie of the year this year. For the first time since '84, where you had two black kids uh, win rookie of the year, and 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 they both look like that they're going to be around for a while. I mean, uh, Lewis looks like he may, you know. I I know, you know, you're trying to, get, to hype it up to him. just on the surface. Lewis looks like he may be, you know, this generation's Ken Griffey for for Seattle. The kid can play, right? The kid can play, and and and, and he's already over. You know, he. He uh, had a serious knee injury um, early on, but he was able to overcome that. And, again, last year we just got a brief taste of what he could do. Uh, uh, Merce, oh, by the way, uh, went to a Mercer College, by the way, just just, just for patients. Wow. But um, the thing – but, see, here's the thing. They, you know, those two guys – and and actually, Seattle has a has a has a bunch of uh, brothers on the team. Uh, you know, J.P. Crawford, uh, D. Gordon, and others. So, again, what's probably going to wind up happening is that the numbers are going to. I, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this because I've said it a bunch of times on this show and other shows. The numbers are probably going to get worse before they get better. We're probably God, they can't happen. get anyone. <laughs> well, well, but, but, uh, well, yeah, because we can go back to pre-Jackie, uh, pre-Jackie pre Robinson, pre-Larry Doby. So, yeah. Wow. I, mean, I don't, and I don't, and see, I don't think it'll get quite that bad, but I think it's going to get down to the point where it's, 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 it, and, and see, look, I you know we are you know I always have this running joke where uh, I'm one of six uh, base uh, black baseball fans left in the country. I think it's up to eight now, counting you and maybe Trev and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a few other folks. <laughs> I'm being I'm being facetious, of course, because there's more. But unfortunately, the sport does nothing to allure allure kids. And most importantly, they don't do anything to allure us. We, you know, the old Jeff Red song, "Love Don't Love Me." Yeah. That's my relationship <laughs> with that's that's my relationship with baseball. I look, I freely admit, if you put a gun to my head, my favorite sport is baseball. Yes, I'm a big football fan. Yes, I'm a big college basketball fan. But end of the day, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a baseball fan. But I'm embarrassed, and I'm angry. Because the sport doesn't love me the way I love it, and and two, it's, it's, two it's quick becomes, points, it becomes, two it becomes very it becomes very very it becomes very very tough to follow this sport, knowing all the BS that's that that's still going on after all these years. Two two quick quick uh, comments, I guess, and and I know what you'll say on the first one, it's it's already there. But if we go, you know, pre-Jackie, Larry, Dolby, then, you know, all those 
we've seen in this climate all those those racist ones that say, yeah, we got our sport back. It's completely white now. Uh, come out of the woodworks. Uh, that's the first part. The second part is um, when you 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 look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, you look at Russell Wilson, and even Patrick Mahomes. I mean, well, we so, saw his hey, father don't, play. Don't forget, his don't, forget, his don't, father. forget don't forget. Hey, don't forget Kyler Murray. Right, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray. But Kyler I'm Murray, saying, Kyler, like, Kyler it, Murray got drafted. Kyler Murray actually got drafted by the by the A's. So, right. But I mean, specifically in terms of. The the talent with the the pedigree we've seen the sure. the Griffies sure. right father and son I mean we've sure. seen Mahomes' father play and you know he's a you know average pitcher but a, but all accounts they say that Patrick would have been a, even greater uh, a greater oh, baseball sure. player so sure. we're losing it there as well like they're choosing to throw it. he's cho- he chooses to, to to take his hits and 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 maybe get a concussion and throw the football. Overthrowing a ninety-five mile per hour uh, a fastball and being greater than his father. Well, and and see, um, um, to, to, to piggyback on the, on your first thing, uh, a lot of those, um, you know, allow me to be uh, morbid. A lot of those folks are dying and dead anyway. That want they quote unquote want their sport back. And to be honest with you. A lot of them, a lot of the old curmudgeons now don't really like baseball now, and that has and the and the, the the color breakdown of the sport has really nothing to do with it. They still they just don't like the way the game is played. That's and again, that's a whole that's another two and a half hour conversation in and of itself. But to keep although it, <laughs> I've heard some Met fans and Yankee fans saying, "Boy, this this is like little Tijuana. This is like little." Mexico, this well, is like well, little, well, look, well, look, uh, well, look, you know. But see, but here's the thing. Um, I, I've said it before, and I've said it again. And 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 sadly, on the heels of uh, Dick Allen um, passing away, only difference between Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Philadelphia, Mississippi, is about 700 miles. That's right. That's the only difference at the end of the day. But. Um, it's it's see unfortunately because cause see again you bring up uh, the Griffies and the up the best cause see here's the thing when Bonds and uh, Griffey played their last games they were the last of the former they were the last sons of former ball players that were on major league roster so you know. You know, not now was spring training start. We're we're forty. We're like fifty days away from pitchers and catchers right now. Right, fifty or sixty, I believe it. Right now, there's you know, I can think of one player and one ex-player's son that's playing right now. Delino DeShields, the son, was with Texas, I believe, uh, or with Cincinnati this past year. I forget. Um, he was he was he was uh, on someone's roster this year. Off the t- that to me that's it, that's it. And wow. see, I thought CC Sebastian had a kid that was coming up through the rank or no, something like that. No, I, no, I thought no, 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 no it wasn't. No, Maybe no. it was someone else. Dusty, wait, yeah. Wait, wait. Now Dusty, now Dusty Baker's kid got drafted a few years ago by the Giants, but I, but again, I think he's still. I think he's either. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I have no idea. Uh, 
if he's even still playing ball or or or, or, or what have you. But um, it's okay. I, like I said, there's not a fetus. There's not a fetus system in the HBCUs. There's only a handful of kids that are coming out of the white colleges, so to speak. And right. you have and 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 with and with and you have and if you if you follow it on say the Sandlots and some of the like you know and some of the club teams, yes, there are more out there playing, but again, it goes back to what you were just talking about. They're playing now. Are they going to be the next um, Lewis's? Are they going to be the next Mahomes's and Murray's that go on to play the other sports? And see, and and history, history, recent history will tell you they're not coming to Major League Baseball. And I'd like to be wrong about and, that, but I don't think I, I. Sadly, I don't think it's I, I. You know, put a gun to my head right now. I don't know if it. I don't know if we'll see that surge. Within the next say five 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 years five to ten years, yeah, and you know, and I would love, and I hope I'm wrong, and, and and I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I would I would love, you know, but it doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't look promising. It doesn't look promising. And you know, it, it it is, and it's so. It, you and I coach together, and just the smell of the grass, and being on the field, and and throwing that ball around as a coach. I mean, forget about playing, but just as a coach, it it you know, it's it's nothing like it for me. Like when I was uh, coaching and playing, but you know, the the other thing is almost like this. The final part of this is that it's almost like we have to not force feed our kids this, but bring it out about the the game, put a glove in their hand, throw the ball around, you know, just like we throw the football, you throw the glove around the, the ball around the glove, you know, you go out to the field and you, you, you let them see, you know, the beauty of the game. And in fact, you can make a ton of, a a ton of money in baseball. If you're really good, if it's it's, about that as well, there's another mm -hmm. angle to it as well. There's you on average, you would probably get to the majors quicker and uh, right. have a longer sustaining career. I mean, you know, they don't, yeah. you know, what, what, what's the old line? The NFL stands for not for long. Um, now, yeah. now, now, you know, thank goodness, at least on Mahomes' part, he's pretty well set. You know, he just, you know, now he just, right. he just, uh, he just signed for a hundred pile, a hundred pounds of money. Uh, Russell makes pretty decent money. And I think as, as Murray, uh, develops even more. He'll, you know, when his payday comes up, barring injury or what have you, he's 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 gonna he's gonna do well. But see, the thing is, with football, you know, you got guys. You know, you still got guys like Jalen Hurts. You still have guys uh, in in waiting, like um like a Mr. Fields down in Ohio, right? Or Mr. Phoenix yeah. down in uh, Indiana, and so on. And and of course, you got the HBCU kids, you know. Now, put it this way: It's in, now. now uh, we talked about you know the different phenomenons going on in HBCUs now, and we all know that uh, Deion Sanders, you know, just was just was hired by Jackson State 
um, as their head coach. And he brought right. his son to uh, to Jacksonville, Jackson State, to play quarterback. What are the chances? Now, put it this way, and, and again, this is a hypothetical, but we probably already know the answer. What are the chances of, of Sanders' son waking up one day and saying, I don't want to play football anymore. I don't want to play football. Right. Which would be interesting because his father played both sports. He was better at one and, and played the other. That, playing that, the playoffs. That, and, and, and that's, <laughs> and that's that, yeah, yeah, much, much, to, much to Tim McCarver's chagrin, he did play uh, football and baseball in the same day. That's right. But, um, but, yeah, no but, yeah, room, but no room for in the game. No room for in the game. Well, see, you know, see again, Tim McCarver. That's but see again, and therein lies another reason why. Because see, the one thing I think that's 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 the reason why. Again, I think the numbers go down is a lot of these kids. You know, look, they're in the age of the internet and the twenty-four-seven, uh, you know. Sports, sports um, news frenzy. So they see what's going on. They, you know, they see the kind of scrutiny that um, um, LeBron goes through. They saw the kind of scrutiny that um, um, Sanders, you know, did went went through and everything. And I think they say to themselves, you know, what, if I'm gonna play a sport, let me play a sport that I that I like. And most importantly, let me play a sport that's gonna cater to me. Now, right. again. Baseball has failed over the years in doing that, and that's one of the reasons why I say if the, if the numbers are going to have to go up, it's going to have to be done on a grassroots level. It's going to have to be done on different levels. It, it, we cannot, if you're going to sit around and wait for Major League Baseball to have the come to Jesus moment, good luck. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's well, not going to happen. I, I guess. You know, uh, um, uh, Trevin had uh, uh, mentioned how uh, some of the uh, sports, I mean, some of the uh, the, the black um, uh, media uh, were handling. He had brought up, B, uh, not BT, but um, uh, Jet Magazine and how they would uh, feature black ball players, major league baseball players, black ball players, and, and, and the magazine. And oh yeah, that, yeah. That's, there was there was there was, you know, there, there it, was when Ebony when Ebony was Ebony. His, was Ebony was at its height. Well, more so Ebony than Jet. They would devote right. what they would do every year around baseball, right in the middle of baseball season. They would have a, a, a one article where they would talk about baseball, and basically they would they would basically show you all the black players on the major league teams. Now, unfortunately, they could do that in a pamphlet right now, but but again, it speaks to how how baseball and how it's looked upon in the black community has changed over the years. You know, we're let's let's be honest, bro. We're dinosaurs. We're dinosaurs. Right. You know. Yep. There are more. There are more people that po- most most younger kids play in baseball. They play it on their computer. Right. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. They play more. They know more. They know more about it on through EA Sports than they do from um, from MLB Network or or, or 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 you know they know of it, but 
you know, they're, they're, they're not, you know, and maybe, maybe they may dabble in fantasy baseball, possibly, but that's about it. You know? Yeah, and you're right, because, you know, my, my kids will play it outside, but they can tell me, they can tell me who, you know, the Griffies or the Jeters or even uh, uh, coming even to, to this time are based on what they played on sure. on the um, Xbox. But here's you know? the thing. We and were talking, like, this is um, horrible. You, I, I think it was either you or me who were talking about this. Kids still wear baseball caps, but they're not Major League Baseball caps. They're usually right. NBA teams, NFL teams. Uh, you know, they may wear a Wiz Khalifa hat or a, or a uh, Chance the Rapper hat or a God forbid a Kanye West hat. But that's a but. But, but most of your baseball caps that they're wearing. Not wearing Major League Baseball teams. I mean, yes, you'll see some. You'll see, you know, you'll see, you know, Jay Z with his um, with his Yankee hat, and he what he always, what he always says. He says he made the Yankee hat uh, more famous than it was. And like that's a, that's a whole other story. But see, that that's just a front runner thing, you know. When the Yankees are winning, right? Everybody wears a Yankee hat. When the Yankees aren't winning, you know, they you know they 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 go hide out. It's it's more of a it's more of a status thing. Than anything else to to have a game. Than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and, and and if they are and if they are wearing a med hat, they probably lost a bet. <laughs> well, we know, we know definitely you're a, a, a med fan, and you wearing a hat, you definitely wear it proud um, from uh, being a med fan, even though your father, God rest his soul, was great. I don't know what happened to you. With the Mets, I, and he's a Yankee told, fan, so I don't I, know I, what. I told, I told, I, 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 I've been telling you the story for years. I became a Mets fan out of spite. I got tired. I know, of all the and Yankees. I'm like, I got tired. I got tired of the Yankee propaganda. See, and and still, that's why you still, were cut still, off. Still, you were cut. Tired. Your string of palapides, your string of palapides are gone because of you defecting from the greatness of the Yankees and going over. Oh, geez. What one last thing I want to ask you is switch gears to the HBCU. Uh, uh, a fam, you Bethune Cookman, of course, uh, deciding not to, to, to play any uh, of fall sports. And how does that affect um, them? The conferences and and more importantly, moving forward, uh, as of course they're they're going to be uh, leaving uh, the yeah. MIAC. It's 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 sad that it it's sad that it had to end like this. I think because um, you know they you know they were charter members. You know, well, we're not char- yeah they were they were charter members of the MIAC, and the fact that. Um, that 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 it had to end like that that it that the pandemic really basically for all intents and purposes ended their um association is it, it's it's sad it's very very sad because it should have ended a lot i mean it's you know it's, it's bad enough i guess that they're leaving i guess but i think the way that the, the now that the that that they're leaving like this 
probably just adds even more to it. And, and, and again, it's not of their own doing. It's just, you know, look, the pandemic has been, you know, we're, we're everything and anything we do is being affected by the pandemic. And it's, 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 um, it's very unfortunate because it should have been, I mean, to be in retrospect, Hampton's, uh, leaving of the MEAC was, was was a lot more smoother than what this is going to wind up being. Right. That's the sad and part. And remember, there were, there, and remember, there were a lot of there were a lot of you know there's still there's still a lot of butt hurt people in regards to that as well. Yeah, and it for some people it's it's somber and surreal. Let's not forget with A and T. So I mean, it's oh, a lot yeah. of uh, 2020. Yeah. In terms of those change, we don't know. For, I mean, obviously with the COVID, we don't know what's going to look. Twenty twenty one is going to look like. We don't know how HBCU basketball just on the surface. And and remember, you. I think you. I, I told you uh, last year. I was ten minutes away from the scope in <laughs> Norfolk State for for, yeah. for the uh, the Miami yeah. tournament. And yeah. got the text yeah. that the NCAA yeah. has shut everything down. Yeah. So yeah, imagine was, from was, where they had, it's almost like they yeah. had to play this year, though, T, in basketball at least, because it got shut down. The tournament got shut down. And like Coach Jones said earlier on the show, man, we were like the hottest team, and we were the team to beat, and and they just shut us down. And it was just like, so you have to deal with all of that. It's almost like they had some kind of, not pressure, but they, they wanted to play in well, spite well, of well, COVID-19. Well, well, remember, and remember, they were one of the first ones that, you know, when, when this all hit. Because like if you remember, when you, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but when you, when you text me, he said, are they still playing? And I just right. I went right to the site, and I was looking at the game. I said, I'm looking at the women's game right now. They are playing. So as far as uh. I know, it's still going on. And then literally, and now that I want, if I remember correctly, it was about three thirty or so. And then yeah. I, get work at five, I, I get out of work at five, and I'm and I'm like, then then the announcement comes on, basically saying. MIAC has uh, has suspended at first. Now, see, they first they said suspended the tournament. Right. And right. literally, twenty minutes later, canceled. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and man. I was speaking that, and and look, T, I was speaking a different language. Let's just say when I found out about it. So oh, I uh, wasn't. This way. Now you know what the '94 Expos felt like. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a, a much lesser degree, uh, unfortunately, for that great uh, Expos teams. But man, I it was. But I I just can't. And and when I talk to Coach Jones and talk to other people, like the COVID, like they're even in the midst, like they he was talking about how they took on the the game against UNCG at the time of this broadcast, they'll be playing him on Sunday. And they didn't have to take it, but he wants it. They, they're not getting any reps. They're not getting practice. Exactly. Yeah, that, they need yeah, to, yeah. you know, they got to play. That, like, please wait. Uh, Oklahoma's game, I think, with uh, West Virginia was postponed. And, you know, um, Ohio State and Michigan's not playing uh, this weekend as well. I don't know if it was off the cuff. 
or whatever. But you know, the, the Oklahoma coach said, "Hey, if y'all want to come down to to Norman, we'll play <laughs> just to get a game in." <laughs> <laughs> just to get a game in. I mean, just think about that. Tongue, I know he said it tongue in cheek, but uh, but he's probably thinking, you know what? We need to and see with with and with all the people that are trying to keep Ohio State out of the playoff for whatever reason. It's 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 um. It's 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 this way. It's you know I I it's it's this it's been it's beyond surreal now because. We're talking baseball and we're talking all this stuff, but we have no idea what the next month is going to look like. I mean, uh, college football is limping to the end. Same thing with the NFL. And ironically, tomorrow, exhibition uh, preseason begins in the NBA. They're supposed to start playing games uh, on the 20th. End of this month, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, and and, and T, I had someone, I had a caller that said to me, like, you know, you know, an HBCU, I, I won't get into the names or anything, but the HBCU moving to a PWI has an advantage because the PWI is going to play. No, no, I mean, games are getting canceled everywhere. Like, what, uh, uh, how do you uh, figure that out? I, I, <laughs> how do you I, figure no, that out? Unless, um, um, uh, unless he's been hiding under a rock for the, since since February, uh, the, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, the game versus number one and versus number two, albeit early, that got canceled. UConn had a game here scheduled with NC State that got canceled. The women's game next week on the fifteenth has already been canceled. <laughs> right. It's like what are you talking about? I, you know, I mean. It's and and this, I mean, and these HBCUs are not going to the SEC. So, like, I mean, what are you talking about? You're not going to the the Power Five. They're going to other PWI, but they're not going to a Power Five. So, how do you even even justify that statement? Put it, put it, put it, put it, put it, put it, put it this way. It's you know to coin an old phrase. It's rough all over, and 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 it's probably worse for the colleges than it is with the pros. Because, because, see, look, let's be honest here. Everything is everything is money driven. Everything right. is being money driven right now. And the, the 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 you know you see, basically California has basically said you you know you can come here but you can't play here. Right. You know the night. I mean the Niners have to finish off the rest of their season in Arizona. The mighty uh, the um the the San Jose Sharks may have to start their season. Um, Somewhere else, if they do start, and see the NHL isn't even the NHL is not even thinking about starting until January at this point in time right now. Right. So it's, it's and, and mean, on, on it's nuts. Uh, uh, it's on nuts. top of the fact, yeah, on, on top of the fact, you know, you and in, in my home state of Connecticut, I know here in Carolina they don't going back to curfews. Like, how do you even justify anybody doing anything? In any place, uh, whether it be, again, we get it, like with the SEC, you know, they print money or whatever, but, well, this, they're, you know, they're, they're, this they're, virus, they're, don't, the virus don't see money, though. The virus mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. see money. No, it don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't at all. And see, look, um, it, it's like a line. It's I, I, I've been saying this line almost, it seems like, 
since sports started coming back. There's a payroll to be met, or in this case, payrolls to be met. And right. that's and, and that's the only thing that's driving this. That's the only thing that's driving this with the NFL. Because even with all these, you know, um, even with, you know, you got the, was it the Patriots and Rams tonight, uh, and there's a handful of, there's, you know, there's a handful of uh, college hoops games. Um, and like I said, the NBA's preseason uh, begins tomorrow. Look, I got, I got, I got, I got my email today. Don't forget, NBA League Pass is is available right now. Yeah, I bet it is for a discount <laughs> price too. <laughs> well, if they play in the bubble, they probably keep the same price. Well, but no, but see, but see, remember, they're they're not as of right now. They want to play in empty pro arenas. As right. of right now, they're not. They're not. They're not. They've got no. They, you know. Bubble be damned! Right now, they wanna they well, wanna play in the arenas. Matter of fact, uh, the NHL they're trying to devise a thing where they break it up so that all the Canadian teams play in Canada and just play amongst each other. Amongst each other, they have the Canadian teams play Canadian teams, the U.S. teams play the U.S. teams for the fifty game season. And, wow! Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. That's just totally. And, not, and, and, and remember, they're not. They're not. They're not even thinking of getting started until January. Right. And remember, the NHL and the NBA got kudos on how they handled everything. So well, well, it'd be well, interesting they, well, they, if, well, if well, baseball makes any adjustments. Well, what do you, how do you say kudos backwards? Because that's that's basically what they're doing right now. Because they're going because yeah. now I now. I, I, I do think the NHL is trying to find one neutral site in Canada and one neutral site in in the in, in the US. But I could be wrong. But see but now the NBA has basically said, you know, empty arenas. They wanna go back to the arenas. And they're gonna mm-hmm. do like football, they're gonna to try to maybe put people in a little bit of time, put people in a little bit at a time. Uh, I was you know, I was watching the um the, the 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 fight the other night in uh at uh Jerry at uh, Jerry's place, um, right? That, you know, they they were able to sneak twelve thousand people in there. Now they were they were spread wow. out. They were able to spread out. And remember that place seats. I think you can get a hundred. You you can cram at least a hundred thousand in there. Yeah, so at least hundred. Yeah, hundred and ten. So, they were, yeah, they, they were, yeah, they were able to get twelve. They were able to get twelve thousand. And they spread them all out. Everybody wore masks, you know, and, you know, just, it was, it's, it, but see, again, um, it was, you know, there, 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 there's a payroll to be met. You know, the, the USC is still having their uh, stuff. Um, the WWE is still in their little, um, little arenas having their, their little things. It's, 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 it's surreal. It's 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 been very very surreal, and you know, after seeing you know, after seeing the NFL um, flex and reflex, and you know that that I, I you know that that I thought that Steeler Raven game was going to wind up being played on Christmas Day, twenty twenty one, the way that they kept pushing it right. back. Right. Uh, yeah, and they 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 definitely have been. 
It, it it it's definitely not about for me with the NFL about obviously about safety. Uh, it it it's a pick and choose. They want to get that that marquee matchup in, so they're gonna make sure that game's played. They, the other ones they want to. Here's to show you how much things have changed. The Browns Giants game has been flexed to Sunday night. Uh, originally, it was I believe it was the uh, Niners and Cowboys. They have put that sucker to uh, one o'clock on uh, Sunday. Wow. Yep. Because it's play- I mean, there you go. For all intents and purposes, that's a playoff implication game. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right, and the NFL is definitely cha-ching, cha-ching. You know, that's well, that's that's really what it boils down and, to. And 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 see, their ratings have been you know you know up down up down up down up down. It's because because see again, I go back to what I you know, was saying you know a while back. People, I mean, yeah, you know, your hardcore look, your hardcore sports fans are going to watch. You know, they're going to watch, but a lot of see where these leagues like to make their money is the marginal quote unquote sports fans. You know, and most of your marginal mm-hmm. sports fans now are like, eh, I'll watch the game. Maybe I'll maybe I'll watch the game. Maybe I'll watch something else. But it's not a priority. And and the and the ratings have have, have uh, been reflective of that. Now a lot of people like to say because of the election, but you know, that was you know, we we're, we're we're in December now. What's the what's the excuse now? Right. It's not, it's, not like, it's not like people are staying at home watching these um these um these these ridiculous um here you know these ridiculous um counter lawsuits. Well, I'm watching the uh, World Series of Poker, so I'm just. Uh, uh... Yeah. Well, you know what? I can watch three <laughs> fat. I can watch three fat guys burp and spit. Uh, I can go out the hall and do that. I I, I have I you know I can't. I, I, I can't get into it now. Now, if it was the World Series of Dice, I might watch that. You know, I, it's nothing like seeing Gabe Kapler. You know, just the the rest in peace. But you know, uh, you mean you mean refereeing the Gabe Kapler is the alleged uh, manager of the San Francisco Giants. But that's a right, that's a, that's right. Kapler, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not World it's Series not. of Poker. That's right. Yeah. See, I'm as surprised. always, man, I'm I appreciate you, bro. Go ahead. I'm, su- I'm surprised. I'm surprised, that, but I guess ESPN has to have some sort of programming on, you know. Well, I was surprised that they did that and and the Japanese uh, games and playoffs. I, I really, I enjoyed it, by the you way. Know, I was really surprised if, if, they actually went out know, like that. If it wasn't for the fact that they were playing for in the morning, I'd probably watch them a little bit more. I called a few of those games. Very good game, and and a lot of Americans are pitching, um, and uh, you know specifically it's baseball. It's it's it's, very, it's entertaining baseball. It's entertaining baseball. Yep, very very entertaining baseball. And and you know you and you know it's. I mean again, again, if you're a diehard, you're gonna watch it. And and I didn't you know I watched right. I watched a handful of games. I, I just I just. I think I watched uh, like the replays of a few games when we were when I was when we were still working from home, but uh, now the um, those 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 four in the morning games or those three in the morning games, you know, sorry, um, 
Seven o'clock comes. Seven a.m. Can't do comes it. Way too nah. Seven o'clock comes way too quick, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. Uh, I just no. I caught a few of them. It's pretty pretty excited. Pretty good. T is always my friend. I appreciate you. Be careful. Happy holidays. We'll talk with you uh, next week, man. Be uh, be safe. You too. Take care. Thanks, man. Tony T. Mac McQueen, of course, he is the editor-in-chief of Black Athlete Sports Network. Please do BASNnewsroom.com, BASNnewsroom.com. Check him out. Uh, if you miss any part of our broadcast, uh, wherever you are, uh, you can go to our website, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com with a T, and um, you can listen uh, to the broadcast or the interviews in its entirety. Follow us at Pad Nation on Facebook, Pad Nation, the number two at Twitter, uh, LA Bachelor in, uh, Instagram, and of course, LA Bachelor at YouTube, uh, Anchor, TuneIn, iTunes. We're all over the place. But of course, the main place to get the show is to go to our website, thebachelornews.com. Uh, the Bachelor News Radio Network.com, The Bachelor with a T, News Radio Network.com, The Bachelor News Radio.com. Enjoy. We will talk with you very soon.
And I know it's gone 